Hello, and welcome to Meet the Music. I'm your host, Thomas Corley. This episode features one of the few genres in our new series, The Many Sounds of the Caribbean, here in our third season. This episode's genre is ska. Our guest this episode is our first guest who has presented on a TED Talk. You have to check it out. I mean, I was very uh, excited to watch it, and I watched it three times. <laughs> Our guest this episode is Professor Heather Augustine. Her, Heather Augustine does a considerable amount of research in the history of ska music in Jamaica, the UK, the US, and all over the world. Her publications include books, scholarly journals, magazines, and online publications. Her collection of ska oral history and artifacts is currently on display at the Archive of African American M Music. Her books are Ska and Oral History, Ska, The Rhythm of Liberation, and the Alpha Boys School. They're all available on Amazon. Check them out. Professor Augustine, welcome to Beat the Music. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thanks. So, you know, I always try to run down the list of things that my guests have, you know, in their bio, I mean, YouTuber, you know, coach, author, writer. I mean, <laughs> you've got a, a ton of things. So how did you end up on a TED Talk? Well, that was kind of a, a life dream, really. I, I watch a lot of TED Talks, and uh, they were doing a an event um, here in Northwest Indiana where I live. And uh, I think it was the second year that they had hosted it. And they asked me if I would present. And the year that they were doing it, there was a theme. And the theme was, um, it was something about being um, something like a, a, a rebel or something like that. And so I tried to tailor what I was saying to that. Oh, I know what it was. It was uh, creating a revolution. And so I tried to uh, tailor my talk to that. And I thought, wow, well, I know who really created a revolution. And that was the women in Jamaican music. And so I really tried to highlight them, talk about them, uh, because... Um, I think that not a lot of people know their story and they've been relegated to the background uh, of music, just like in any other genre, really. Um, but I thought they were really revolutionary and, and rebels in a sense because they uh, took their passion and persevered despite really some, you know, challenges that would have, uh, you know, killed anyone weaker. So I thought, yeah, this is the perfect topic. So I, I presented and uh, tried to tailor it to, you know, kind of how TED Talks are. They're gonna, you want to have some sort of a, a takeaway. It's not just like a, here's a lesson or in history. It's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's something that you can kind of take away and do. And so I talked about uh, capturing oral histories, um, talking to people in our own lives recording them so that we preserve history, which is really kind of the crux of my career. I thought that was so cool. I mean, that's why I said I watched it a couple of times. I was like, thank you. I love this. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thank of the you. things that, like you said, you get from a TED Talk. 
I mean, you, yeah. you to take away, you know, and um, yeah. I've watched a lot myself and I, yours are ranking up there in the top <laughs> of, of my of my enjoyment. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Of all the music genres out there, I mean, you could have been a, a rockabilly person. You could have been a jazz person. You could have been a <laughs> classical music person. But how do yeah. you, from the Midwest, get right. into ska as a genre of right. music? How did it get in your headspace? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a common question people ask me because it doesn't seem like my path would have crossed with Jamaican music at some point. But, you know, I think in the... I was born in the early 70s, and I think that, um, you know, was exposed to Bob Marley um, in the later 70s, just like a lot of people were, um, and and certainly fell in love with his music. I remember listening to it in my parents' van uh, on the 8-track player, uh, listening to Exodus thumping down the street. So that was... um, you know, that was, you can't help but be infected by that music and that heartbeat. Um, but then I, I never put together that ska and reggae were connected. When I heard ska, um, it was during my high school years, I heard two-tone, which was the, the music that was coming out of the UK at that time, um, largely out of Coventry. And I loved it then. Um, I did have, you know, a few cassette tapes of that music and loved it. Still never put together that these things were related. So in the mid-90s, I was living in Chicago and uh, American ska was very popular during that time. And I was uh, going, I loved it. I, I just fell in love with it. I went to a Toasters concert in 19, I believe about 1994. Um, and I thought, why is everybody dancing? Because that, that nobody had been dancing at concerts before that. That was the era of arena rock. So, and grunge, you know, it was just, it was a, uh, yeah. So I like, you know, don't get me wrong. I can take a little bit of grunge, but after a while, you just need something to lift you up. Well, that was ska for me, and everybody was dancing. It was very upbeat, very positive, very energetic. I fell in love with it, and as a graduate student, you know, I I think I was in the mindset that I had to research everything, so I thought, what is this music? Where did it come from? There weren't any books in the library on it. Uh, there, the internet was really in its infancy, so there wasn't anything outside of, you know, maybe an AOL chat room or something, but nothing substantive. <laughs> so I thought, I, well, this is what I'm going to do. My work is cut out for me. And so I started interviewing people in about 1995. And if I saw that a band was coming on tour through Chicago and I was going to see them, I would ask if I could interview them. Um, and so I was very fortunate to interview a number of, um, of American artists, but also Jamaican artists because, uh, Ska experienced a revival of all versions, the Jamaican era, the, the British era. Um, it really was popular in the mid nineties. So I was fortunate to be able to talk to, uh, some of the Jamaican legends that have been 
that are no longer with us. And through them, I learned the history. So um, that's kind of how I, I fell in love with the music first. And then I fell in love with the culture and the history. And as a result, it's really deepened my appreciation for the music. Oh, okay. But your parents are the ones that introduce you to it then, though, right? Um, not really. I mean, my dad, my dad did influence me to Bob Marley. Um, and he's a very big reggae fan. And, you know, he still, you know, he'll say, oh, listen to some Lucky Dubay. You need to listen to, you know, so we'll share some music uh, with each other. But he's really more into roots reggae, steel pulse, that sort of thing, which I love. Don't get me wrong. But um, Scott, my brother was the one that took me to my first Scott concert. And um, and so, yeah, and, and I think that's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think music the music that we fall in love with, it kind of happens that way where you get introduced by, you know, a friend or something. I hear that from people. They'll say, Oh, my older brother played the specials album for me. And, um, and so, yeah, it kind of happened that way for me too. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not familiar with Chicago, but is there, is there a large Jamaican community there? Um, not large, but it's decent. I mean, you can still go get a patty somewhere, which is nice and <laughs> some jerk chicken, but it's not large. But if you go to an oldies show, which Chuck Wren was putting on a, f- a few years back, he's from the uh, Jump Up Records. Um, if you go to see, you know, Stranger Cole, you'll see a good amount of, uh, of Jamaicans in the audience, which is really nice because... Um, it's just such a, a, a melting pot of, of fans, which is really, I think, special about Sky. It's a very tight knit community of some very diverse people. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. So can you give us the, the, um, the birth, a little history? Sure, I would love to. So uh, Jamaica, (laughs) very small island, very small island. And and from this island, you know, we have so many uh, distinct genres that have been uh, really, I I don't, created, invented. uh, And prior to ska, there was the uh, indigenous music on the island was mento. And mento was a uh, it's kind of a, a blend of, it's similar to Calypso, but Calypso is Trinidadian. Um, but, but Mento is similar where there's a rumba box, um, somebody sitting on the rumba box and, and plinking the, uh, you know, the, the metal tines. Um, and then, you know, a banjo, a flute, some maracas, a singer with a guitar, very similar. And it was uh, an African, you know, of the, you know, the diaspora, uh, and it was a storytelling music as well as, um, you know, kind of a little bit gossipy, maybe sometimes lots of innuendo. <laughs> and so that music influ- was one of the things that influenced ska. So put that aside for a moment, Mento. The next kind of music that helped to shape ska was American Rhythm and Blues, uh, because in the 1950s, American rhythm and blues, uh, you you could pick it up in Jamaica 
on a transistor radio, uh, a broadcast from Miami or Nash, even Nashville, uh, New Orleans, they could pick these radio stations up and very, very popular American Rhythm and Blues. So, um, you know, Roscoe Gordon, No More Doggin, um, these kinds of songs uh, would be played in the yard, uh, like an outdoor, you know, yard in a neighborhood and people would just dance to it. Um, and this was in, in the 50s, mid 50s about. Uh, okay, so American Rhythm and Blues, put that aside. The third element of ska is uh, is jazz music because in the 1940s uh, and 1950s, jazz music was popular in Jamaica in the clubs because there were American tourists. Jazz was popular in America. So these are the big bands uh, with, you know, the band shells that, that advertise the name of the band. And they would be things like the Eric Dean's Orchestra or even the name of the, the club, you know, the, the Colony Club or the Silver Slipper. And they'd be you know, 12, 15, 18 piece bands playing the jazz standards that were popular. Um, Jamaica was a colony of, of Great Britain until 1962. So they're playing a lot of the music that is popular in, in England, the jazz standards, as well as in, in America for American and, and British tourists, as well as uh, the upper classes of Jamaica. Uh, which are essentially whites. Um, so the African, well, the African musicians, the Jamaican musicians that were black, uh, would be playing to all white crowds, and uh, they would not be permitted in the front doors of these clubs. So still very racist during these years. So we have these three elements: mento, American rhythm and blues, and jazz. Um, and so when the musicians who were trained to play jazz would be done with their evening of work in the clubs. They were playing what they wanted to play with each other. And so they were trying to play American rhythm and blues sometimes. Um, and some of the mento uh, storytelling kind of element was, was peeking in there along with some of that um, kind of, uh, you know, a syncopated flavor a little bit. These three forms of music combine outside of the clubs um, to form ska. If you listen to the very early forms of ska in about 1958, 59, you'll hear shuffle blues. And that's really what it sounds like is shuffle blues or boogie, boogie woogie. And it sounds like that. But then in about 1959, 1960, that beat is a little bit less slippery and it starts to become very distinct on the two and the four beat, uh, very, very hard instead of slippery. And that is ska. It's really that beat. Uh, it's the horns and it's the, it's the, the tempo can vary. Uh, but it really is a an up. It is a very fast tempo, um, and so ska really lasts uh, in Jamaica from about very popular from about 1959 
Uh, the very earliest song was called Easy Snappin'. What's credited with the, the first song, it's still a little boogie-woogie if you hear it, but it's called Easy Snappin' by Clue J uh, and the Blues, I think it's the Blues Blasters, but it's really Theo Beckford, and he's the pianist who's playing that offbeat on the piano, so you can hear that pretty distinct. Um, and then Scott lasts until about 1964, um, and there are a number of reasons why it fades out at that point. I don't know if you want me to go into that, but um, but it lasts until about 1964. That doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean it goes anywhere. But in Jamaica specifically, it there are other distinct genres that um, that become more popular. I think it just you know it lasted a while and that was it. It becomes popular in other countries. Um, many of the West Indian um, musicians had emigrated to the UK um, post World War II during um, restoration, the Restoration Era, and they bring with them not only their musical talent but their records. And so that's why it becomes popular in the UK. They're playing house parties, shabines. Um, they're playing in clubs. They go to the UK to get work. So a number of very popular jazz era musicians go to the UK to find better work. Um, there's Joe Harriet, uh, Harold McNair, um, Blue Bogey, Bertie King, um, Rico Rodriguez on trombone. He goes, there's a, a number of them that go. And when they do, um, you know, they, they influenced the music there. Uh, so jazz in the early, the 1940s, it was jazz, but in the 19, uh, you know, sixties, definitely ska came to the UK and that's where it, it, um, merged into different forms there. It merged with punk and became two-tone. Oh, okay. But yeah. That's so, the first leg well, of the journey. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, then you have a period then, a long period where it's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say dormant or idle or something like that. And then you mentioned um, I came popular here in the 90s in the U.S. Uh, again or a different right. um, fusion, a fusion of it, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, in the in, in Jamaica, it was, uh, you know, Rocksteady took over in about 64 to about 66, somewhere in that area era. And so Rocksteady is a slower tempo, fewer horns, more vocals, and it's just a slower beat. You rock steady to it. And then, you know, reggae really takes over in about 68, and, and, and that's, that's that. I mean, reggae was, was massive. But in the UK, yeah, I mean, it was still popular. I mean, ska was popular really all over the world, you know, in, in the 60s, because My Boy Lollipop by by Millie Small really introduced people to to the ska sound, even though that's there. It's it's a, a, a pop version of ska. Um, that song was huge globally. And uh, and so that really opened up a lot of people's eyes to ska. And so we see these little enclaves of ska popularity popping up in, you know, Poland and in 
you know, Colombia, and you hear about the, you only discover this later, and you realize, oh, I mean, it never really went anywhere. It just kind of was like, you know, these sparks flew and started little fires everywhere. And right. um, it's not linear. It's not linear like here's the beginning and now here's the end. It's just, it's right. It's simmering everywhere. It's funny as you say that because um, my listeners will probably get tired of me mentioning this website, which I seem to do every episode, but it comes down to it. <laughs> um, Spotify has something out there called Every Noise, everynoise.com. Okay. If you go out there, you'll see 5,112 different genres and subgenres of music. Whoa. And out there, Scott, I, I, I meant to. Uh, get a you know select the list and see how many times it pops up, but yeah. I mean I've listened to Russian, I've yeah. listened to Latin, yeah. I've listened to uh, uh, Japan, you know. So yeah. Scott, yeah. like you said, is not linear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating because we don't know about it and we haven't heard about it, but now that we have technology, we can, you know, learn that, oh, there was this band in Poland in 1965. And it was just, you know, and that's the power of Jamaican music is it really, uh, I think, fed creativity for others everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the spark to write? Was it the, I, I studied the graduate to, program? Yeah, I studied to be a writer. I went to grad school to get my master's degree in writing. Um, and so this was, you know, it started off as a, you know, a project. I thought, well, this will be my passion project. And then it just kind of turned into a, a lifelong chase. Um, and and I say chase because to me, it's it's just as much about writing as it is about preserving the history before it's gone. Um, and that's why I, I do an oral history, because we have a lot of the artifacts from this era. We have the records. We know the label. We know the labels. We know the, the matrix numbers and all that. And that's fine. I'm not really interested in that as much as I am the the narratives and the stories of the people that were involved and those people are not going to be with us forever. But if we can capture the stories, then, then that will help us to appreciate the music. So I'm always on the chase to make sure that I track people down and talk to them or if they're not around, at least their family members. Um, but I'm a writer. I mean, you're still on a mission do. to do that right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. In oh. fact, I was just emailing somebody this morning about setting up an interview. So um, yeah, definitely. So when you mentioned that I have um, a collection at the Archives of African American Music and Culture, that's at Indiana University in Bloomington, that's a permanent collection. And that's all of my interviews. Um, and there are, I think, I don't know, about 200 of them, maybe. Um, and those are being digitized and preserved for future researchers to use. Uh, a lot of those people have passed away, you know, Laurel Aiken, Prince Buster, Rico Rodriguez, um, Lloyd Nib, Lloyd Brevet, Lloyd, um, uh, Roland Alfonso. I mean, the list goes on and on. People that are no longer with us, Millie Small herself at three times, um, those interviews are there. They're speaking and those um, will be available for everybody. That's why I do what I do is to, you know, preserve the, the history and the culture. So 
yeah, that's a really important part of my mission. Um, and but I'm a writer too, you know. So I, I teach writing um, at Purdue Northwest, and I was a journalist for 12 years for a newspaper. Um, so I enjoy writing, but that's just one way that I choose to to share um, this history that I love so much. Um, because, you know, you can listen to it and appreciate it. Absolutely. That's the best way to do it. But I think if you have right, a little right. bit of, of story behind it, it just makes it a little sweeter. Yeah. Well, as a, as a side question, um, you write pretty much factually. Do you have a novel in you? <laughs> I did write a short story, I guess you could call it, but it's called Johnny Too Bad. And it's kind of, it's based on history. I mean, it's really a historical fiction, but you know, it largely revolves around Edward Sayaga and, um, you know, in about 1962. But yeah, it's fun. But no, I, I prefer to stick with nonfiction. I don't know if I'm very good at fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm very uh -huh. good at it. But. So, I mean, so what do you see as the evolution of, of ska as a genre? Yeah, I mean, it really kind of just depends on who's the conduit you know who's it coming through at the time and it's definitely there's a lot going on right now um and it's you know every different flavor of sky you could want is out there there are plenty of people that are playing it the traditional way um that's my favorite uh but western uh standard time Scott orchestra is one of my absolute favorites they're about an 18 piece orchestra out of la and you know i think if you have a baritone sax in your lineup, you are sounding pretty great because you get that <laughs> low honk and uh, it's a really full sound. Um, Eastern Standard Time, they're a fantastic band um, out of, I believe, DC. Um, again, more traditional, a little bit more reggae, a little bit slower. Um, and uh, there's you know, plenty of ska punk in America. Um, and that's yeah, kind of I did some of the, that, the, the punk goofy influence. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's not my favorite. I think, you know, that had its its time, um, you know, because it was post-grunge post and we needed something a little silly. But, you know, I think we can put the Hawaiian shirts away and call it a day at this point for that, in my opinion. But uh, but I like the jazz-based stuff that's just, you know, um, I like a fuller, richer sound. So I think if my motto is every anything is better with horns. So it's got to have a good okay. horn section for me. <laughs> yep. uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of modern ska out there, meaning the interrupters are doing some pop ska, uh, which is pretty decent. And, you know, it's fun and it's uh, catchy and it's got, you know, and that's that's the thing with ska is it's kind of catchy. Um, but, uh, and then some of the Jamaican oldies are still doing their thing too. You know I mean? Stranger Cole's still out there, Derek Morgan. And I don't, I think he just turned 82 or something. He's still doing it. So, but once we get past this, you know, COVID era, um, I think we'll see a lot more. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones just released an album, I think this week, you know, mid-May, I think they just released another album. So that Boston, um, you know, 
they're a very Boston flavor, you know, like edgy kind of a, a gravelly, um, hornsy, lively, you know, it's still there. And I think we need it now more than ever. So lots of good creativity is, is still happening. So uh, were you able to do a list for us? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be like a, a formal list. I'm going to throw some suggestions out there for you. So I think if you need, uh, if, if you need kind of an entry point into Jamaican sky and you'd like to know where to start yeah. and you'd like to know where to stop for right? like, to me, these guys are the be all end all, but the scatolites are, they are the, the consummate ska, you know, Jamaican ska band. So if you pick anything from the Scatolites, I personally, you know, I, I wrote a book on Don Drummond. Um, he, uh, I, I, I could talk all day about that, but uh, he is uh, a really crucial element of this band because the trombone solos and those trombone solos are outstanding. Uh, the band is really led by Tommy McCook. Uh, tenor saxophonist, and uh, every single one of those members could have been a leader, and they were, and that was probably their what kind of contributed to their demise. Uh, but the Scatolites, uh, favorites, um, you know, Eastern Standard Time, classic song. Guns of Navarone, classic song that was uh, taken from popular uh, Western spaghetti Western film of the time, uh, and uh, I like some of the uh, the songs that they play that have a little bit more of the what's been known as the Eastern sound. Um, so I like Cleopatra. I like Latin Go Ska, um, but you can't go wrong with Scatolite songs. So, you know, there, there are plenty of good com com uh, compilations out there. Just pick one and, and you'll be set. Uh, get ready to dance. Um, I think if you want uh, something that's, these are instrumentals, by the way. So if you want something that has some uh, vocals in it, maybe a little bit of a, a catchier kind of a, uh, more traditional um, formulae, a little bit more formulaic, like what we would expect for rock and roll. Um, the rock study is, is also very good. I would recommend um, Derek Morgan is always a, a good bet. Uh, Stranger Cole is, is one of my favorites. Now, Stranger Cole sang with a woman uh, named Patsy Todd. Her real name was Millicent. Millicent Todd. Millic Patsy. But so if you pick up anything by Stranger and Patsy, one of my favorites is a song called Down by the Train Line. Beautiful, beautiful harmonies on there. And they're just this, you can feel the sweetness of, of that duo. Um, but for the UK era, if you want to hear what that sounds like, compare it. Um, they're, uh, the specials, that's the seminal band of that era. Um, I personally, this song is different than most of their other ska songs, but my personal favorite is a song called Ghost Town. Uh, but some of their more live, lively songs, um, A Message to You, Rudy, 
is the most popular one probably, and it's a good one. So you want to probably find that one. Don't forget a lot of these bands in the UK during this era are covering or paying respect to the Jamaican songs. Um, so when you hear a song like The Prince by Madness, he's they're paying respect to Prince Buster and things like that. So you may hear some covers. A Message to You, Rudy, is a cover of a Dandy Livingstone song. Uh, it's it's a their version of it, so it's it's a good one. Um, but for the the American era in the nineties, um, a personal favorite is the Toasters. I love East Side Beat. Um, that's a great tune. Um, Matt Davis, Special Agent. It's interesting in this in this time in the mid nineties we get into a lot of spy uh, themed ska. Um, I wrote okay. I wrote a paper on that, but see the Rude Boy was the gangster kind of bad bad man that was um, chronicled or characterized or even kind of taken on as a little bit of a mascot by. Uh, by the UK version of Ska. It was a real thing in Jamaica, a real criminal. Um, but that badness, that coolness, the wearing sunglasses and the way they dressed, dressed sharp, that was the rude boy character. Well, in America in the 90s, that morphs into the spy because of, you know, it was cold. The Cold War era had just ended. So, uh, so Matt Davis Special Agent is a spy-themed ska song that's that's pretty good, one of my favorites. But the toasters are good. And, um, you know, I, I think that now, um, like I, I already mentioned a couple, but I would say Western Standard Time Ska Orchestra um, is, is one of my favorites. If you want to hear something completely different that's really good from the, you know, the late 80s, um, mid 80s i would say fishbone love some fishbone they're funky ska um so party at ground zero is a great one okay this is this list is is turning into one of my novel my this is my novel <laughs> so i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm giving you a really no big no list, this is exactly <laughs> no this is exactly what it is this show is all about okay i mean oh, for good. somebody to be on the show and then share their passion about the um song yeah. that they have because okay, i mean I, the, the thing is is that i'm trying to you know at one man show try to make to break the mold of people being mono musical yeah because, oh good i love that you know, yeah yeah because yeah. um i talked to i talked to um uh, a gentleman in the Netherlands, uh, we were talking jazz, and he told me a funny story about his friends when he was growing up, and he mm -hmm. ran into them later on as an adult, and they were still Dire Strait fans. Oh, he, no. couldn't <laughs> he, 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 could, he couldn't understand. With all this music out here, they were still stuck there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now yeah. I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, my, my 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 mission is to to break the mold of people yes. being mono musical. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so for you know and and myself I you know I, I I'm unfamiliar with the genre so I can't share with anybody. So the yeah. whole thing of this show is 
to get people to, you know, go to a dinner party and sit yep. at the small talk about the weather, you know, right. tell me what's on your playlist. I you know, love that. So I can expand. I love that. So I can expand my my so I can expand my playlist. You know. Right, right, right. Oh, I love so, that. That's great. Yeah. Good. So what kind what kind of influence are you on your family with your your playlist? What kind of I what mean, have influence? You, yeah. Have you have you taken over? Yes. Yes. Well, have you taken over your brother? Did you? <laughs> are, are you more of a Scott fan than he is now? And then oh, your, 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 yeah. and your family, your husband, your kids, yeah. I mean, are, are they introduced to it and are, are they lovers yeah, of definitely. it also? Yeah, I subject them to it. Um, you know, my boys are old enough now that they really do have their own musical tastes. Um, I think, you know, they listen to ska, they don't mind it, but it's not on their playlist. So I think, um, but they'll, you know, they'll go to shows with me and things like that when, you know, it's the non-pandemic times. Um, so we'll go to festi- a lot of festivals together as a family and see uh, ska bands. But um, no, they really have their own musical tastes. And uh, my husband is more into punk, you know, so we do have some crossover there. You know, when we go to shows, we have some crossover because frequently um, American ska will be on uh, you know, at a festival, there might be some of that on a, a punk bill, but, um, usually, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely more of a ska fan than my brother now. He likes it, but I don't know that he plays it. He definitely doesn't have a playlist. He's an, he's a vinyl, he's a vinyl person, but I don't think. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any, I think you find any kind of deep music person really kind of is. You see, I've got some behind me here on my shelves, yeah. but um, I, I don't know if there's, there, you know, ska geeks are few and far between and we kind of know who we are because we all keep in touch. It's a very small, close knit society and uh or you know sub genre you know we kind of stick together and go to the festivals and stuff together well yeah you mentioned festivals and i and just i have a question now that is there a um uh, not holy grail is there a um, mm-hmm. oh there is a mecca is mecca place yeah. that you go for the sky once yeah. a year or twice a year there is where's... there is yeah so it's called supernova and it is taking place this September. Of course, it's been rescheduled a bunch of times. Um, it's taking place this September in Hampton, Virginia. And so I haven't even have the sign here, but this is from uh, from last year when it was rescheduled. But it's it's essentially about three days because it starts on a Friday and goes through the whole weekend. And uh, th- there's just you know, from noon until midnight, one band after another on two stages. And it's really like a family reunion because everybody has, you know, with social media, we all know each other now. And, uh, and it's really a lot of fun. So I've gone for the past, uh, I've gone for two years and, uh, is that a permanent location or is it, does it, does it, it was, it was in one location. Uh, the two, people that put it on uh they're a married couple that just love ska and they and their kids 
put on this big ska festival. And so it was just where they were located. They were, I think, I think it was in Fredericksburg, uh, but now they've moved. And so the ska festival moves with them and the fans move with them. So um, it's taking place at a, uh, I think it's like a state park that's out there or something, but it's in at the uh, Hampton, Virginia, but it's the Supernova Ska Festival, and that'll be in September. So cool. Yeah, yeah but other than Thank that, you, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be a good time. And then outside of that, um, you know, I think post-pandemic, there will be... Uh, you know, shows that pop up, bigger ones, like I know Madness was supposed to tour um, from the UK. Um, I think the specials, they come around every now and then because they do, they just did their 40th uh, reunion. So we're getting into like the 40, the selector, they just uh, celebrated their 40th anniversary. So um but big festivals, usually it'll just be one or two ska bands at a bigger festival. So if you go to a like a, if you go to Riot Fest or Punk Rock Bowling, uh, you're sure to get a a ska band or two there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Professor, do you have anything up up and coming? Mm-hmm. I do. So I just got done. In fact, today, as soon as I'm done talking to you, I'm going to post my final grades for my students and then I'm done for the semester. And once that's done, I'm spending my summer uh, writing my next book, which will be my eighth book. And it is going to be just on, it's going to be called Women in Two-Tone and One Step Beyond. So it's about women in the UK um, who either played ska or were, were related to ska through members of the bands. So I spent um, about the past year and a half interviewing uh, women and have accumulated probably about 30 interviews now. And uh, I have to put that all together and start writing it in a cohesive way. So I've got my work cut out for me. Yeah, but that'll be fun. find that the project could be done by the end of the summer or is that something that will take you to next year? I think, you know, once I start writing, I spend about 75% of my time researching and preparing and interviewing and about 25% of my time then writing. So once I'm writing, I kind of have my method and if I can stick my nose to the grindstone, I'll be, uh, I'm hoping to be done by the end of summer. But it's going to be a lot of work, yeah. Well, I caught you caught yeah. you right right at the right moment. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. You definitely did because I'm going to put my blinders on and try to. Um, I'm going to try to say no <laughs> to a lot of things right. <laughs> in order to get this done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I mean, uh, oh, thank I truly, you. truly appreciate it. You actually made my job difficult because what I usually do, not usually, what I am going to do is that I take the um, interview and I just go through it second by second. And every time you name drop a band or song, (laughs) I have to create a playlist on YouTube 
So oh, I don't man. want I don't want to well, tell you that because I didn't want you to hold back. So I'm so glad you did because good. this playlist is probably going to be like a hundred songs. Good. Uh, yeah, I, that's and I, the whole and I used point. to right. Yeah, I used yeah. to do YouTube, Spotify, and Pandora, but it became a chore. Yeah. So now I yeah. just do yeah. it on YouTube and. Um, and Good. whoever puts yeah. the video right. out there gets credit for it and gets the, the pennies right. or whatever YouTube pays. Right. Uh, I don't make any monetary money off of it. It's just out yeah. there for people to enjoy. Oh, that's yeah. great. So. Well, you'll find it all there because people, uh, collectors have uploaded their uh, their vinyl um, and everything's pretty much on YouTube. But if you have a difficult time finding it or you say, what what did she say? What was that name? Please do email me. I'll be happy to to send those links to you. I won't say oh, no okay, to you, great, so great. just, yeah, just ask me. <laughs> just ask me and I'll, I I'll tell you. I truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just hope that my work helps to uh, introduce more people to ska music, and if they already know it, um, that they, they uh, expand their knowledge of it and that they deepen their appreciation for it. That's why I do what I do. No, thank you. Thank you. You made this a truly fun interview. That's why I appreciate oh, good. that. Thank you. It was fun. That was fun. I want to thank Professor Heather Augustine for sharing a history of ska and her passion for the genre. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I am definitely going to up my game and add some ska to my playlist. Please be sure to check out Professor Augustine's writings. We will have a link in our description below. Oh yeah, and her, and her TED Talk. Be sure to check that out. As always, please share this episode and your favorite episode with someone who wants to expand their playlist. They can listen directly from our website, meetthemusic.buzzsprout.com, or wherever they get their podcasts. If this was your first episode, be sure to listen to our most downloaded episode on Zydeco with Michael Tesran, or check out our series on the blues. Thank you so much for joining us on our musical journey. Remember, if it's Monday, it's Meet the Music. <laughs>